Good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Tuesday morning. And we are so glad you're with us this morning as we continue in our study, second day in our study of the book of Ecclesiastes. And so if you're following along with us, it's right after the book of Proverbs. And uh, we're actually just going to look at three verses today, kind of digging a little deeper into a couple verses that we referenced yesterday. And uh, so if you're following along, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, I'm going to begin... In verse number 9, I'm going to read 9, 10, 11, and we're going to evaluate, I think, just a little deeper, take a little more time in these three verses to talk about a principle that Solomon, or better known in here, he calls himself the preacher, but Solomon puts in here that I think is a great principle for us to see today. So let's continue in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, beginning in verse 9. The Bible says, The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see that this is new? It hath already been of old time which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after. So he starts in verse 9, a very popular verse that we use a lot, that references the things that are. Basically, no new thing under the sun basically references, and when we say under the sun, obviously the sun has been there through every generation from the time Adam was created to today. And so what you're saying is the sun's kind of seen everything, if you can picture it that way. And from the day Adam was born, from Cain and Abel to Moses to Abraham, to all the Old Testament characters down to the um, and you know John and Paul and all the New Testament characters, to all of the people that are currently writing history today, Nothing is new. Now, it's tricky when people say that because a lot of people look at the generations and look at what we're doing now and they see we're driving cars or didn't do that, you know, a couple, few hundred years ago, flying and trains and, and the technology. The fact that just 10 years ago, you couldn't grab your phone and click a button and let the entire world watch what you're doing when you go live. Well, to, you know, that was, that was considered something networks can do. Well, now anybody can grab a phone and go live and pretty much anybody across the globe with access to the internet can do that. And you say, well, that's obviously new. Now, I hope we understand when we look at this passage, it's not referencing technology, because obviously when you go back to Bible days and the historical days, their greatest source of transportation were horses, camels in some scenarios, uh, their greatest weapons were chariots and swords, and obviously today, you know, the worst thing we have is the atomic bomb. So obviously the things of life, the practical things of life have progressed. But I guess when it comes down to it, you look more at the reason why or the heart. Man, their thinking, the battles, that has not changed since the day Adam was there. Think about it. So Cain and Abel, they both bring their sacrifices to God. Abel does what has been commanded, and he brings a lamb. Cain brings the best of what he's done. He brings his own works, his own good works, his fruit. He doesn't obey God. He says, no, my, my good, my what I do is better than your command, and obviously God is not pleased with it, and he gets angry and filled with anger. He killed his brother. His brother didn't do anything, technically. His brother didn't tell Cain he's wrong. He didn't lie to him. His brother just brought the right thing, and that anger and that, that, that bitterness drove Cain to kill him. Now, that just sounds literally like what you'd watch on the news today. 
the thinking and the heart of what drove Cain in what would be the uh, early, early days of human history that drove him to do that. The same things that when Noah was building the ark and they say, you know, the, the thought of every man was only evil continually, what drove God to destroy everybody on the earth at that point, that thinking is still there today. So that's what we have to look at. It's the mindset and thinking. So while we have more powerful weapons, they're used the same way they were going in before. While we have greater sources of technology, it only is used. I mean, you go to Facebook or you go to social media, what are you going to find? You're going to find often people criticizing. You're going to find people with their opinion. You're going to find gossip. You're going to find trash done online, things like that. While it's done differently today, it's no different than back in the Bible days. It's no different than those days. And so that's the thinking. It's the mentality. It's the thinking that has not changed. And while, while it presents itself differently, while how we approach these things are different now in 2022 than they were in 1982, it's still not different. The reason we go, what we do, the thinking is still not the same. So that's what we, here's what we look at. We look at the wars. We look at the mentality of politicians. We look at the battle of the conflict, you know, with people's view of the police and riots and all the things today. And then this pandemic, you think about it, this pandemic is not the first one we've ever had. You look at all of these things and you say, it just seems overwhelming. It seems unfettered. Well, when we look at it, it, it the one encouragement when you can say none of this is new, is because we can look to history to find the answers. Now, the problem is we don't, and he says this. He says this in verse 11, there's no remembrance of former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are come with those that shall come after. We have a tendency not to look back. Here's what he's saying. We don't look to history to learn from history. We actually are really busy rewriting history because if we look to history, then we have to do things differently. And frankly, if we look to history, we have to see God's hand through all of it. We don't want to. Every generation, what he's saying is every generation comes to the plate, comes to uh, power with this idea that they are smarter than the last generation because they have, it's true, we know more. We have greater scientific discoveries. We have a better understanding of our universe. We, we have a better, we can, we understand more than they used to. So obviously we can do things better, but the fact is we don't. We don't learn from the mistakes. So we look at that, and here's the thing. We look at the world and say, then we should be overwhelmed. No, remember, God has always been working through all of these times. When we become overwhelmed with the things of today, please remember, they're not new, which means the God that helped us to get to where we are now is there to help us to get beyond this. The God that was there when he created the universe is still there today. The God that offers grace, the God that offers mercy, the God that offers protection and strength and wisdom and guidance and all of the things that we battle today, he is still there. And so while our generation, while the world keeps making the same mistakes over and over again and refusing to learn from history, as we've told will happen, we can look back and see God's hand through all of it. And that's the encouragement we find. While he's being, while Solomon is being very honest with the world, and while we can still see his truth today, we can go to Proverbs and talk about gaining wisdom instead of being foolish, and we can gain all of these bits of information, and we can be encouraged by the fact that even though human mindset, it, it comes across differently, we say things differently, uh, the culture produces it differently, but the fact is nothing's new. The battles of 100 years ago are the battles of today. Uh, they approach themselves differently. They present themselves differently. But the fact is they're the same, which means the God that had the answer 100 years ago has the answer today. 
And we can look at history and we can see God's grace and we can see God's power and we can see God's deliverance through Old Testament, through the New Testament, through church history. And we can see God moving in powerful ways through all of these times. That means that same God that moved back in Abraham's day, in Moses' day, moved in David's life, uh, gave wisdom to the Apostle Paul. All the things that we can see through Scripture, we can see God moving, is still happening today. So God, here's the other thing we can see. Sometimes we look at the world and we see these things and it, it seems scary that it ever has because things seem to be escalating in its craziness, which is true. At, at the closer we get to Jesus coming back, the more the world will escalate, leaving any level of morality and running away from God. We know that to be true. So since we know that, we can look at it and say, are we panicked? Should we panic? No, because we know that God is aware of this. And therefore, God has a plan in the midst of all of this. And so we don't panic. We don't get upset. We don't say this is not fair. We don't say, Lord, what's going on? We just, we just make a point to even in these end days, stop for a bit. And like Elijah had to wait for the still small voice, just our time with God. Seek God. Get your eyes on God. I know that sounds very generic and sometimes can seem trite, but that's really it. If our eyes are on the news, if our eyes are on social media, if our eyes are on the war, if our eyes are on everything that's going on and what could happen, you know, the news is now talking potential World War III or whatever. There's a lot of panic out there because that's what gets people to come back to read the news. But if we can just recognize that God is still in control for our families and, 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 our, and our lives and our jobs and our economy and all these things, God is still in control. He's got a plan. That's where we can find peace. And he says in Philippians, I didn't write it down so if I can remember it, um, let be anxious or be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The fact that he's been there through all of it is a reminder that he knows and that we can come to him. And then Colossians says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. So I encourage you, no matter how much you may, the world and everything going on may seem overwhelming, and the things happening in your life may seem complicated, and I'm sure they do, let the peace of God rule in your heart today. Give it to him and know that he's in control. He loves you more than you will ever know. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today on this Tuesday morning, giving me the opportunity just to share a couple verses. I hope it's a help. I know these verses have always been encouragement to me. hope they are to you, and we greatly appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.